Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander. We're in the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg. Uh, Luke in the Southern Bank Corps Laurel studio. And uh, we're glad you're with us this afternoon. Opening segment sponsored by our good buddies at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great place to take the family tonight or any night. And a great place to cater your next uh, event. If you're going to do maybe some tailgating this weekend for baseball, Dickies would be the place to call. Right, we've got a fantastic two-hour show coming tomorrow. We've got a huge lineup of guests. We're going to go over that a little later. Patrick McGee is down in New Orleans where the New Orleans Breakers are unveiling their brand-new uniforms. I sure hope it's like the old ones. And uh, Patrick's going to give us an update on Coach Fedora's newest team. But first, we want to talk a little track and field. We've got Lena May with us right now, who is a 3,000-meter runner for the Southern Miss track and field team. She's from the big city of Van Cleve, Mississippi. She just had her personal best, uh, 3,000 meters, just a couple of weeks ago, and she's headed to the Conference USA Indoor Championships. And Lena, let me say, it's, uh, I can tell this is going to be a fun interview talking to you off air. We're delighted to have you on the Eagle Hour. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> All right, 3,000 meters. You told me that was right at two miles. Uh, you, you you covered that in nine minutes and 51 seconds. You're very kind. I told you it took me 30 minutes to walk two miles on a treadmill, and you were complimenting me. But uh, nine minutes, 51 seconds, uh, that was your best? That must have made you feel really good. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, it was really fun. It was a good race, and uh, me and – a lot of my teammates are out there running together um and my my really great friend and teammate Sandra Spot is like her first 3k in two years so we were just we were just having a lot of fun and um yeah it was a great day it was a great race all right now you go to the conference indoor championships but you guys got a little bit of a target on your back when you go over there this year after what you did last year got to be exciting and I know you're probably looking really forward to this yeah, yes, sir. Ho- hoping we can, you know, get another championship again this year. But everyone's been, um, you know, we've had a lot of personal best um, this past week in Nashville, and um, everyone's just getting faster, and everyone seems to be confident and um, a little nervous, but that's a good thing. You know, everyone's excited. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to go out there and do the best we can. I, I had actually, Lena, I had a personal best earlier this year in Nashville. I drank oh. a 12-pack without passing out. <laughs> that's the first first time that's ever happened. But back, impressive. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but now you just set your personal best. And what, like from race to race, what the lay person at home, including me, would think that you should be able to go out there and run that time every time. So how do you change as a runner that enables you to run it a little bit faster and a little bit faster and a little bit faster? Mm, That's a good question. Um, Running just like, it's a really long process of just like every single day 
trying to be a little bit more focused and a little better and so much goes into it it's not like even just the workouts that we do and like the miles that we run it's like the amount of sleep you're getting and um like nutrition and uh hydrate like so many things go into it and um you know you just have to kind of stay focused and locked in and just over the years you know you just try to keep getting better and better um but yeah it's not an overnight thing you know you don't run one good workout and then um just get faster it's a it's a pretty lengthy process but it's um it's a lot of fun you know trying to knock the seconds off um, every week you'll hear golfers sometimes say play the course don't play the opposition just play the course and let the chips fall where they may is the same Mm -hmm. true of of track runners just just run the track and what happens happens yeah that's that's pretty cool um Pretty much. I mean, it depends a lot. Um, it depends on the meet. Like, you know, this weekend, it's a lot more about placing than it is about time, which, like, of course, we all want to run good times and PR. But, um, yeah, so, like, this weekend, you know, we'll kind of navigate the race a little differently than just going out and try to run it, try to run the best time possible, try to be a little bit more, like, tactical this time around, Um but, yeah, but that's pretty cool. I've never heard that saying before. But And we'll get Luke in here in just a second. My final question is uh, you have to feel pretty good, particularly about this venue, because this is where you set your personal best, so you know that, uh, that you and this place get along. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, we run there a lot, for sure. It's a really, really awesome facility. Um, I mean, we travel a lot, but um, it's honestly the best indoor facility i've ever been to and um so and it's pretty close to home so yeah Yeah. very excited very excited look get in here with lena may talking (laughs) to uh to to lena from uh the southern miss track and field so this is indoor and and track and field very unique you guys actually have two seasons Mm -hmm. within one season what is the we've talked sometimes to the jumpers and and the sprinters from, yeah. from distance, what is the biggest difference for you between outdoor and indoor season, and do you prefer one or the other? Yeah, um, the probably the biggest difference is, um, well, for me, like during indoor, I run the 3K and the 5K, um, but when it's outdoor, I'll run more the 5K and the 10K. Um, so we do, like the events kind of change up a little bit, and um, yeah, it just wouldn't be good because the track is smaller on an indoor track. So, like, the curves are tighter, and it, it just wouldn't be good on your body to run a 10K in, on the indoor track. But um, So that's the biggest difference for me. And I don't really have a favorite. Um, and then, like, for the distance runners, we also run cross-country in the fall. So we have, like, three seasons. But um, I, I like them all for different reasons. And, um, yeah, it's really hard to pick a favorite. When you look at this roster of, of men and women track and field, so impressive to me that it is it is – spread out and diverse i mean i think seven mm-hmm. different countries you count the u.s as eight yeah. countries north south mm-hmm. east and west but like you 16 total mississippians on mm-hmm. this roster and i know that means something to you being from south mississippi and being part of a track and field program that has athletes from mississippi mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, it's really cool um getting to compete especially like on the distance side um you know now me and other girls are on the same team that were like growing up competing together through middle school and high school. And then, you know, now we're like 
on a bus going to compete on the same team together, which is um, really, really awesome. And then, like, um, I mean, in high school, I wasn't always, like, familiar with the, like, sprinters and jumpers from, like, other schools. But, like, yeah, and then, like, meeting new people on the team, and they're, like, from the coast. And, um, you know, we can bond over that. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. And the diversity is really cool, too, well, with, they, like, people from other countries. If, if they ever run out of room on the bus, you guys, they're going to say, Lena, you run home. <laughs> oh, oh boy, I hope that has never happened. So, so, too so, tired after a race, maybe on fresh legs. <laughs> so, Lena, the uh, track the track team has just done so well. We've had Coach Stewart on the Thank show a you. lot. He's a big fan. Uh, we're a big fan oh. of his, I should say. What what has oh. been the secret under under Coach Stewart? How, how have you guys achieved so much success? Oh wow, um, man, Coach Coach Stewart is he's awesome. He's just like the sweetest and um man so like coach g doesn't um necessarily like you know come up with our training for the distance runners we have um our coach nick nicholas gibson um and he has done awesome he's actually new this year and like has done wonderful with our training but like with coach do um he's just like so supportive and you can talk to him about absolutely anything and um you know he wants you to do well he is super competitive but like also, you know, if you have a bad race, isn't gonna like <laughs> you know get mad or anything. Like, right. yeah, they're well, both wonderful, wonderful coaches to run for. All right, we got time for one about one more question. Got a minute left. Okay. All right, here's here's the basic question: How many miles every week does Lena May run? Um, like high fifties, high fifty miles. Whoa, yeah, we do like, like we do some- fifty miles a week. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't drive 50 miles <laughs> a week. But, Lena, you, you, you're racing the 10K. You seem articulate. Mm-hmm. You seem intelligent. You're, you're from Van Cleve. <laughs> that goes without saying. Why would you want to run 10K? <laughs> you know, that is a good question. But, <laughs> no, it's... um. It really is fun. Like, it's really hard in the moment, but, I mean, that's what I like about it. Um, Just, like, being mentally and physically tough and trying to get faster and just, like, um, like, running is just, like, such a pure, like, raw sport to me. It's just, like, 100%, like, who's just going to go out there and fight through the pain and, like, who can take the most pain, pretty much. Um, (laughs) Not me. It's really cool. (laughs) Hi, Elena. We sure appreciate you, dear. 200 miles a month, Kelly Center, this child runs. <laughs> hey, good luck this weekend. Thanks for being on the Eagle Hour. Thank you all so much. You guys have a great week. All right. Lena May, everybody. Running 200 miles a month, Kelly Center. That's great. She's great, isn't she? She was awesome. We'll be back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. You know, Kelly Sanders, some interviews are fun. Some are delightful. That's delightful with uh, Lena May. Yesterday with uh, Danny Lynch. Great talking to these kids. And 
How impressed are you with how articulate and kind and just wonderful they are? And not only are they great athletes, but Lena May, for example, she's been she's been on the honor roll every single year she's been here. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're getting their homework done too, right? And and doing well in the classroom. It's tough to <laughs> she be. She was awesome. <laughs> and then she runs fifty miles a week, Kelly. Fifty miles a week. Can you imagine if she has a significant other? I imagine. He's driving along He's in the car. He's just driving along in the car where he can talk, talk to her. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. what are we doing Thursday? Yeah. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Lena. All right. Uh, this segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Uh, we know we'll see a lot of folks down there this weekend with baseball opening up. And I guarantee you that Kathleen has the best baseball apparel you'll find anywhere in the planet. For some reason, all this news breaks at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, which is exactly when we go off the air. So there were some things that occurred yesterday. Southern Miss was picked to win Conference USA Baseball by the other coaches uh, in the league. No surprise. Four members, only four players on the first team uh, all preseason uh, list, which was a little surprising. It was loaded with, I think, Old Dominion players, yet Old Dominion's not picked to win the league. But whatever. Southern Miss, the prohibitive favorite, I think, again, to uh, to win Conference USA this year. And we're happy about that. And congratulations uh, to the four USM kids that made the preseason all-conference team. All right, basketball tonight. And uh, right here in Hattiesburg, Texas San Antonio is in town. The Golden Eagles. Well, we've documented this, so we're blue. The, the Golden Eagles are on a terrible losing streak. And the last game they won, I'm not counting the game against the little private school over in Laurel, but... The, the last game they won is tonight's opponent. So, effectively, Kelly, they're undefeated against the team that's coming in here tonight. Can they do it two games in a row? Of course they can. They just have to be able to put two halves together. And and really, the first half of last game, you know, they were right there with Western Kentucky. They were able to keep the— They did play well the yeah, last two games. the guy that was seven feet five in the middle. I mean, I, I know that you've heard Coach Ladner say this. But if if you want to cut it down to to fundamentals and so on, they are slowly improving. Yeah, you know it's it's still not good enough to win some of these games. But uh, UTSA, you know, they beat the Roadrunners over there, and they've got them here again tonight. Also played well against UAB. Yeah, even, they even did. though they lost the I last five or six well minutes of that game, UAB turned it. But I mean, yeah, women sure. are on the road. Of course, they're playing Texas San Antonio. Luke Johnson, I think the Lady Eagles. Had a setback against uh, UAB's women, uh, but uh, they're still in the hunt for for a lot of stuff here. They are, and it was just one of the, one of those. They had been playing lights out basketball and had a, a rough three quarters, and then bounced back and you know had a chance uh, to to win it possibly at the end. Let, let me go back just for a second for UTSA. So UTSA has lost, uh, I think, ten out of their last eleven or eleven out of their last twelve, other than beating FIU on January the twenty seventh. They had last game they won was January the third. So if you take the Southeastern game out, Eagles last game they won is January the sixth. So this is really two teams right at the at, you look at overall records, UTSA eight and eighteen, one and twelve um in the conference, and uh, you know, the Southern Miss men, six and eighteen, one and ten in the conference. So they played inspired basketball against Western Kentucky. Um so like I'm gonna pick the Eagles to win tonight. Like, just trying to be objective, like, just because of, it was a one point victory, um, back in January, but they, they really should win this game based off how they've been playing. 
I really hope so. I, I really hope that they they get a win tonight. I think it just do them a world of good. And and this is this is tough too because they had a game Monday night. Now they have a game tonight. Now they're all at Reed Green. Okay, mm-hmm. so they play at Reed Green tonight. Then they got UTEP coming in Saturday as part of the basketball baseball kind of doubleheader thing. Remember that game on Saturday at Reed Green is a twelve noon tip off against UTEP. And then on Monday night they've got Marshall coming in, which was a coveted game a COVID game that was postponed. So they will have played seven games, excuse me, four games in seven days. Four games, and that's tough for anybody. So we're really hoping uh, that they win. And Saturday's a great day. You can go to the basketball game. Right. Walk right across the street, go to the baseball game. And uh, so it'll be a great day on campus. Speaking of baseball, we're going to be at the Pete for two hours tomorrow. Coach Christian Ostrander is joining us. B.A. Volmuth, only guy to hit two home runs in the same inning of an NCAA regional that I'm aware of. Super regional. Super regional. Daniel Stewart, former pitcher for the Golden Eagles. You and I talked to him. He slayed Mississippi State twice. Jonathan Johnson, former pitcher for the Golden Eagles. He's going to be with us as well. John Cox is going to join us. Uh, We're going to update our Corky Palmer raffle. We'll have a good time, Pete Taylor Park. So Melissa's going to be there, right? Melissa will be there, yes. Okay. She will be there in the 2 o'clock hour, in the special 2 o'clock hour tomorrow. Yeah, two-hour edition of the show tomorrow. That is correct. Are you bringing the food? It would normally have to take two hours to get in all those heavyweight guests. Correct. Or find got. a place to park on the campus, but uh, hopefully we can alleviate That's that. That's another right? great reason to go to the basketball game at 12 noon on Saturday. Just park so the can, car. You can park within seven miles. <laughs> and then just of, stay there. Uh, of the uh, bench. <laughs> <laughs> yes. right. Hey, just, speaking, uh, speaking of baseball, guys, like you, one of these things that happens right, off, right before we go off air yesterday, Bob. The uh, rotation announced. Yeah. A couple names that we thought might be in there. Uh, ben Etheridge will be the Friday starter, 6-2 and two last year, 3-2-5 ERA. Hunter Riggins, the graduate transfer from Delta State. We talked about him uh, last week and this week. 9-4 and four last year with a 2-9-7 at Delta State. And then Hurston Waldrop, who is has the, the strongest arm on the team, reports have been that he has been in the, not the mid-90s, the upper 90s. I'm talking like 98 in there. Uh, he's going to be your Sunday starter um, and a guy that I'm excited to see pitch this year because of the flashes that he showed last year. What that tells you guys is if if this is, and, and again, this is not a cemented rotation saying this is what we're going to have from here on out, but but like Boyd's not in there, Stewart isn't in there, Chandler Best isn't in there. So you've got Stewart who throws mid to high 90s, six foot nine. that is going to be a weekday starter for you. The Golden Eagles have legitimately six starting pitchers that they can go from. Well, one reason, one reason some of those kids may not be starting this weekend is because they have a full week ahead of them after the weekend series. They have South Alabama coming in here Tuesday. And uh, you better be ready for them. I mean, I'm so sick of South Alabama. I don't care if it's tiddlywinks. We have trouble. Yeah, and trouble. We, do have, uh, we do have the South Alabama head coach and the Jacksonville coach uh, lined, Jacksonville State coach lined up next week to be on the show. Uh, but South Alabama is very competitive. You, you definitely want one of your better guys available Tuesday what, night. What I'm getting at is what you start the three that you will think you will start the three through the remainder of the season. Like you don't want to get a guy on a weekend track and then throw him spot starts in the in the like if he's going to be a, a week, what what this is Oz is putting his three best arms out there, his three best starters. Now they might they might fluctuate a little bit and change just a little bit, particularly this year because we don't have four weekend games, we only got three. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see one of those guys kind of fluctuate back and forth 
um, if one of these guys doesn't work out. So I would think Stewart's probably the four the four guy on that. So if, yeah. if somebody were to blow up in the weekend rotation, you would see Stewart possibly moving that right. slot. Going and you're going to have more weekday games this year than you did last year because you're going to have less weekend games. Thank God. That was just that was terrible. The 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 four guy, but Coach Oz going to be on the show tomorrow, so we'll ask him straight up. You know, Jimmy Fallon doesn't get these people. Jimmy Kimmel doesn't get these people. We get them on the Eagle <laughs> Hour. And Bob, I'm just going on the record right now as predicting a forty win. Yeah, now you've season. predicted you've predicted ten win T- ten games runs. all weekend. Ten run games all yeah. weekend. Yeah, they got ten run them all three nights. Yeah, then ten run South Alabama, and then. Are they going to 10-run Jacksonville State? I don't know that they'll 10-run South Alabama. <laughs> I don't either. If they're going to 10-run Mississippi State on March the 2nd, let me just go ahead and drink that Kool-Aid and put that out there right now. Oh, man. 40 wins for the Eagles this year. Oh, yeah, I think so. This is going to be a loaded baseball During team. the regular this, this season. This team doesn't but can, can we all admit, off. I mean, baseball is the one sport that, yeah, anybody. But I guess the over-under, how many to the top moments will we have this year in baseball? Two. I don't think it'll be this weekend. I don't think North Alabama has the firepower, firepower to come in here and, and beat Southern Miss. But there there will be. I mean, every baseball team has that, you know? Has ups and downs. Yeah, every baseball team has but that. But only, there's only one school whose motto is to the top. And I, right. and I don't know. Look, we admit on this program sometimes we, we see it more with our heart than we do with our eyes. I mean, we're only human. Right. But I don't know what the prognosticators – what are they missing with this Southern Miss team that they didn't haven't picked them nationally? It's so aggravating. And and it's I know I know that that Coach Barry and the guys they don't get caught up in that as they shouldn't. We do sure, and and you, most you average, lose your best hitter, and you lose two of your three starters. That's why I know. But have they seen what's in the cupboard? For heaven's yeah, sakes, I'm saying the cupboard. You you don't live off hypothetical. You live off actual. We know what they're capable of, but. When it comes to rankings, they're not going to give the benefit of the doubt, especially not to a Group Five school. Well, they've made a they made a big mistake this year. I I think like I well, said, this is a top twenty five team from get go to to can't agreed no agreed. But that. apparently, we're one of the few people that that think that now now some of the national you know have them about thirty you know somewhere right. in there, which that's not far out off of three hundred is not too bad. No, you're right about yeah. that. So you remember the New Orleans Breakers had some of the coolest football uniforms ever. They had those two lane colors in there. Yeah, well, Patrick McGee just, I believe, left the news conference where they unveiled their new uniforms. We're interested in that, of course, because Larry Fedora is the new head coach. And the Saints have named their offensive coordinator. We'll talk New Orleans football when we come back. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a windy Thursday afternoon. Remind you, some severe weather will be moving through South Mississippi and West Mississippi this afternoon. Please uh, keep the radio on and uh, please be sure to check those weather updates. Eagle Hour live from the Southern Bancor 
studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Luke, Bob, and Kelly. As always, third segment brought to you by 4th Street, home of the 995 lunch every single day. Golden Eagle basketball tonight, Golden Eagle basketball and baseball on Saturday. And uh, just a place to go to see all that Southern Miss merchandise and swag, too including the 1987 NIT poster, all at 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins us. So you just left the press conference, and uh, give us your uh, firsthand uh, take on the new New Orleans Breakers jerseys, Patrick. Well, I, I, there was no press conference. They just uh, revealed them on social media. And uh, just, you know, looking at them, they have a little bit of a two-lane feel to them. Uh, I don't think they're, you know, they got the same colors that they had back in the day, that kind of uh, – that royal blue and that light blue that, you know, they don't have the green or it'd be full two lane, uh, but it's kind of a little wave on the helmet. If, if people want to, we've got a story published right now at NOLA.com. It's, it's on the Saints section of their website. If you want to pull that up and they can also find it on social media from the New Orleans Breakers, uh, Twitter account or Facebook page. Uh, but I mean, they look solid. It's not like you're looking at them and just kind of cringe. I mean, they look pretty good. That's always good. Non cringy yeah. is always good. So we, when we talked to Larry Fedora last week, of course, leading up, they're they're gonna have a draft in the USFL, yeah. and you know, talking to him about that, that's gonna be interesting to watch. And coming up later this month, yeah, they have a, a lottery later today, I guess, to decide uh, who gets to draft, you know, first or last or whatever. And uh, you know, I haven't we haven't heard much about who all is going into the you know wants to be part of it. There may be some uh, some hoops to jump through on that, uh, but yeah, it's. It'll be interesting to see how these teams shake out. I want—I want to see what Fedora staff looks like. To be honest, yeah. I want to see who's who. All is going to be in that group. Uh, that to me is going to be as interesting as anything. Bob, yeah, yeah. Coach Fedora told us that he's going to run that same offensive scheme that you know that that he's known for. So you got to mm-hmm. believe Patrick. He's going to go after her. And he said he said made it clear that his first priority is a quarterback. I got to believe he's going to go after a mobile quarterback. Now, I'm not saying it yeah. is the kid at not the kid at at Liberty, but but that style of quarterback. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, what, we'll, they'll, what these guys they'll probably have some some first year guys coming as pros, but you'll also see some guys that have tried to kind of knock around the NFL and you know come up just short. Uh, but yeah, if you look, you know, uh, Mitchell Trubisky at North Carolina or Austin Davis at Southern Miss, you know, they were similar type quarterbacks. You know. You know, a little bit bigger, not huge, but good athletes uh, could move around. And, 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 you know, Austin was always a pretty accurate passer in college. So, yeah, I would expect he would want somebody uh, uh, that can, you know, move with it. And, you know, it, you know, I think it would be good for whoever's in that system because it feels like the NFL is gradually moving towards stuff like RPO and, yep. and, and offenses like that. So it, it would be interesting to see uh, go down. And isn't it right that uh, you can be a really good football player and just not be in the right place at the right time, not make an NFL roster? My point being, there are going to be some talented young men playing in the USFL. Not, yeah, not we'll scrum. see some. Um, if, if you look at what you know, we saw the XFL and the AFL before that, you saw some of those quarterbacks come out there and, and, and have some uh, time in the NFL. I know that the, the Panthers, uh, their backup was a guy that was kind of got his uh, – uh, his name made there in the XFL, so yeah, it'll you'll you'll see guys kind of on the come up, but you're really waiting for one of these leagues to kind of become more established, and maybe this is the one where they can do a better job of developing a guy over a year or two, and not just you know not only throw him out there for six games. That's kind of the way it's been so far. I, I really think what this USFL is going to be right up the alley of guys like Ito Smith, 
All right, who yeah. Yeah, there's a name, yeah. you know, has bounced around to four or five different NFL yeah. teams, has been serviceable, but, but then cut, you know, where he might land on his feet and stick, you know, in the USFL. I think that'd be a perfect place for guys like that. But when the draft comes out, I mean, they're not going to be able to compete with NFL-type money. So, I mean, no. you know, that's not going to be, you know, right. the issue. So th- those are the type of players I would think that are, that are going to fit. That want the NFL to see them. And, and, and get for more than a week at a time. Correct. Right. right. But in the meantime, right. Patrick, and we can talk more USFL, but the Saints have uh, have decided on their offensive coordinator, and the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, and I think they kind of threatened us with Jay Gruden, and everybody just goes, oh. <laughs> and now we're, now that they've named Pete Carmichael, they're like, oh, that, yeah, okay, we'll take mm. Pete, keep that Jay guy away from the team. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I think in the end, just looking at the guys they talk to, I mean, heck, why not? I mean, uh, don't don't broke it, you know. Don't fix, you know, fix it. It's not broken. And, and I'm interested to see what Carmichael can do, kind of running the offense himself. If maybe he has some tweaks in mind that he always wanted to work with. But uh, this is obviously going to be a Sean Payton like system uh, moving forward. And Jameis Winston seemed pretty comfortable in, in what they had going on. So maybe that kind of greases the wheels a little bit. Uh, to be able to bring back a Jameis Winston. Uh, I can't really speak to the relationship that Carmichael and Winston had, but obviously it was probably a pretty good one. So, you know, maybe maybe he could help things in that realm. And I think he played well before he got hurt. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But when you look at all these hypothetical NFL, you know, drafts, uh, a lot of these Pete Lacanforas and those guys, a lot of people have Matt Corral from Ole Miss being taken mm-hmm. by the Saints. Uh, in the first round, which would then lead you to believe what is the relationship between Jameis Winston and Carmichael if they're going to potentially use a first-round pick on a QB? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I just don't see that happening in the end. I don't think it would be a corral. I mean, he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he he needs some development physically, and uh, I think he's a pretty good passer. But he would just be a tough guy to stick out there right away, in my opinion. Right. Uh, I know other people might disagree, but I, I think they probably need somebody that's a little bit more NFL ready right now. So I, I don't think it would be Corral. I think they would probably stick with somebody that's got some experience in the league. Patrick, I told you I was going to ask you about baseball, but I'm going to switch gears. We've got three and a half minutes left. I, I want to get your take on this um, this boondoggle that seems to have developed with Conference USA putting out a football schedule with the three departing teams on the schedule. Now they're threatening lawsuits. How do you see this playing out, Patrick? Well, I think it's just left for the lawyers to hash out, and that's just pretty much what was always expected whenever the three schools put out the statement that they were leaving the conference, uh, that this was, you know, they didn't they didn't think Conference USA was just going to throw its hands up and say, okay. Uh, but, no, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, this is going to be protracted for a little bit. Hopefully it doesn't last too long. And, they can, you know, often a lot of this stuff kind of gets negotiated and uh, the exit fees are brought, put on the table and maybe they can – uh, uh, diminish them in some way. I don't know, but I, you know, I think the expectation all along is that lawyers were going to have to be involved. Right. You don't see this going to court, which I guess would be probably federal court. You don't see this going to court, do you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish I knew the, the answer on that, but uh, it. I mean, I would think it would be negotiated out of court. I don't think anybody wants to get that to that point. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to have to pay lawyers for that long. Uh, so I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it would get to court, but it's so early in this, it's kind of hard to get a good feeling exactly where it is going. And do you think the Sun Belt puts out a competing football schedule or does the Sun Belt stay mum until this thing gets settled? I think it was, 
somebody said it was February 22nd or something roundabout. That March the 1st is what I've seen March when the they're, they're supposed to put it okay. out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would think they'd go ahead and put out the competing scheme because, I mean, the three schools are going to be in the Sun Belt. I mean, nobody's really going to argue that. I mean, Conference USA is doing all this to make sure they get the money they're owed and and and, and just wants to kind of they, – they, apparently nobody's getting along very well in this no, uh, situation not. right no, now. No. And it's ugly. It's it's already sort of ugly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Sun Belt will put out a full schedule with the three teams involved. Luke? Patrick, my, my thing is, if Conference USA does actually act for once in their existence off something they've said, that is going to make anybody that they reach out to in the future basically ask this question, are you going to sue me? So mm-hmm. I don't I don't see them. I was, I was reading Ross Dellinger put out a pretty good article that for most people think for this to happen, Conference USA would have to file suit in West Virginia for Marshall, in Virginia mm-hmm. for Old Dominion, and in Mississippi. And it's going to be really hard to navigate three lawsuits at one time with one conference. Yeah, that makes sense. That would make it pretty complicated, and that was probably kind of behind the decision of three schools is they knew Conference USA was going to have a tough time really kind of fighting back. And, you know, you're talking about other schools coming in. I mean, I was surprised that many schools were willing to be part of Conference USA after all this nonsense. <laughs> it just shows you how desperate some of these schools are to get to FBS level and Liberty was to, to join a conference. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be – Conference USA is not going to exactly be going to be a standard bearer going forward, not that it was. It's just Conference USA is going to be bottom rung. And it's just going to be poorly run. It's going to be an ugly, ugly conference going forward. <laughs> Pretty much sums it up. Well, All right, 10 seconds left, Patrick. Uh, Kelly's predicting three 10 run wins for the Golden Eagles against North Alabama. You say? Oh, <laughs> it's never that easy. There's always <laughs> going to be one or two games that go down to the wire. And, uh, it can be ugly defensively. So I think Southern Miss obviously gets the series win and, and a probable sweep. Yeah. But, you know, there's always one game. You're right. Patrick, thanks, buddy. Talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody. NOLA.com, living the easy life in the big easy. We'll talk to him again next week. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Thursday, fourth segment brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. D-BatHattiesburg.com. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel on a windy, windy, windy Thursday afternoon. If you're catching us later, you probably found us in podcast form iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and always on demand at supertalk.fm. Those of you that join us every day live, thank you so much, and 
might want to batter down the hatches in the next hour or so. It's going to get a little rough in South Mississippi this afternoon. Lady Eagles in softball roughed up Southern University last night down in Baton Rouge. They sweep um, the Lady Jags by a score of three to one and seven to four. Three freshmen. Lady Golden Eagles hit their first career home runs. Natalie Taylor, Paige Kilgore, and Jana Lee. Jana Lee, by the way, from Albany, Georgia, true freshman, then turned around and pitched a complete game. There's going to be a ton of softball this weekend for the Golden Eagle Invitational. Houston Baptist, Louisiana Monroe, Jacksonville State, Mississippi Valley State, all in Hattiesburg. The Lady Eagles will start it tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. So while baseball's playing, softball will be playing. And then tomorrow night at 7 p.m., they'll take on Mississippi Valley. Saturday at 11 and 2, they will play. And then Sunday at 2 p.m. Basketball, of course, as uh, we talked about um, earlier, uh, men tonight at home, women on the road. Both of those games get started uh, tonight, men at 7 p.m. in Reed Green Coliseum. Lady Eagles out in San Antonio at 7 p.m. Both teams playing UTSA. Big day tomorrow. We're going to be two hours at uh, Pete Taylor Park. Again, we've got Coach Christian Ostrander joining us, assistant head coach and pitching guru, the legendary B.A. Valmuth. Daniel Stewart, former pitcher for Corky Palmer's Golden Eagles. John Cox. Jonathan Johnson, another World Series player from the 2009 World Series team. And Melissa Socher. Next week, uh, equally as busy, we're going to be at Ramey Motors in Purvis next Thursday afternoon in Bocoma Casino. Kelly, you and... uh, Will Tony up in uh, Bocoma, you always enjoy that. Uh, next Friday, I do, man. Lots. Of, this is that crossover time as we head into March Madness, you know, with basketball and baseball getting started. I, I couldn't help but think of when Luke was running through all of the activities this weekend. How would you like to be a hotel owner and a restaurant owner this weekend? Well, you know, you would. Yeah, you got four what four women's softball teams, Luke, coming to town. Yep, you got the UTEP men's basketball team is going to be here. You got the North Alabama baseball team. For three days. That's four gonna, days. Gonna that's going to be days. here. All of their fans, all of Southern Miss baseball fans in particular, coming in from out of town for this weekend. So, man, restaurants and hotels, you ought to be sitting pretty this weekend. You know, my wife was in the hotel management business years ago and uh, in proximity, of course, to Mississippi Valley. So she, her hotel, hosted quite a number of SWAC football teams and athletic teams that would come into the Delta to play uh, Mississippi Valley. That's a big business, my friend, because normally they feed all those kids at the hotel and they house them, and uh, so it's a it's a big money generator for local businesses. You're exactly right. For the hotel business in particular, it's extraordinarily important. And just a quick shout out, you guys, if you don't mind, the local um, Budweiser distributor in in Hattiesburg, a guy by the name of AJ there, who listens to the Eagle Hour. Uh, knew that I'm a Bengal fan and that my son is a Bengal fan. And the Bud folks out there presented us with a really, really well done uh, Super Bowl poster that's that's made up and it's real durable, so it's not going to you know wear mm-hmm. or tear or any of that. The, with the Bengal logo and Super Bowl and all that, because right. again, it might right. be another thirty it's four durable, years. So the so the poster should last until they make it back to another Super <laughs> that Bowl. That was my point because I don't think I will. <laughs> I don't think I'll make it another. <laughs> well, you saw him play one time, Kelly. You can you can always say that. Right? But thanks to AJ and the guys, and also we lost a, a, a big member of the Eagle family, Philip Coco, who Hattiesburg is a 
uh, big, big Southern Miss fan for years. And I uh, was at all the events and the, you know, the press conferences and all that. Uh, we lost him a couple days ago. So to Philip and his wife, mm-hmm. Susan, and the three boys, our prayers go out to you guys. And uh, we'll miss Philip. Absolutely. A yeah. um, couple news and notes before we leave. Watch the weather right now in central Mississippi, just south of Kosciuszko. There's a tornado warning for Thomastown, Camden, Mississippi, Sharon, Mississippi, until 2.30 p.m. Again, that's in central Mississippi, right south of Kosciuszko. But a tornado watch, really, for uh, all of eastern Mississippi, southeastern Mississippi, until 8 p.m. tonight, both Laurel and Hattiesburg included in that. So stay safe this afternoon, y'all. Good news is it blows through tonight. It clears up tomorrow. It's going to be kind of windy and cold tomorrow at tomorrow's baseball game. But then in the I think the mid sixties on Saturday and sunny and seventy degrees on Sunday and sunny. So uh, it's gonna be a great weekend to kick off baseball. And you were so right earlier this year this week, Kelly, when you said you can take every sport you want to take. And there just is nothing like opening day in baseball. If you're a baseball fan, this is Christmas morning. Right. As hey an guys, adult. As right. an adult. Right. The wind is gonna be blowing ten miles an hour to the north. At first pitch. You better get ready for a home run derby tomorrow at the peak. Yeah. Um, the the North the, Owl pitchers ought to get ready the, for that. That's who needs to be ready for the home run derby. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. All right, we look forward to joining you from Pete Taylor Park tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I want to thank our good buddy Jack Duggan. He has set all of this up for us, and uh, we couldn't do what we do without Jack. We appreciate Hacks all very much. We'll look forward to seeing him and look forward to talking to you tomorrow at 1 o'clock from Pete Taylor Park. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Mississippi Media Production.